Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Today's episode of the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast is powered by FinClub and their artificially intelligent stock picks. With nearly 90% accuracy for the first half of the year, you'd be crazy not to try FinClub stock picks while you can. I mean, before they get bought out by one of the big Wall Street banks, because their technology really is that good. So head on over to tryfinclub.com to get nearly $1,500 in bonuses just for starting your free two-week trial. So join the club, the Fin Club, to get nearly $1,500 in bonuses just for starting your free two-week trial at tryfinclub.com. That's tryfinclub.com. Hello, I'm Christopher Ewell, and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by TimminStockTrader.com. On the phone, we have the teen trader himself, Adriel Solorzano, and he's going to be talking about the tools, tips, and tricks that he uses to trade faster and trade smarter. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, brought to you by TimminStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group founder and head trader of 10minutestocktrader.com, Christopher Ewell. Adriel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and tell me a little about yourself. Hey, Chris. First of all, I wanted to say thank you for having me on. This is truly a great honor, so thank you. And yes, so just to give a little brief information about myself, I am currently 19 years old. Um, I am study I'm a college student as well. I am majoring in finance along with a minor in computer information science. Um, been trading for the past two years, started when I was 17. But the interest that I had for finance and the market sparked when I was maybe around 11 or 12 years old. And when that happened, I just started, you know, reading articles about trading, some books, so forth. And I just like delved myself into the world of finance just trying to learn as much as possible devour anything i could i could get my hands on and you know the rest is history and now i am here you know doing this interview with you which is which is a great opportunity oh well i i am incredibly incredibly excited to uh, to have you on the line adriel and i have been back and forth on social media for a couple of years now yeah. um in fact he's he's one of the original people that he probably doesn't even know that I had the idea of coming up with 10minutestocktrader.com and the podcast and everything back years ago, bouncing a couple ideas off of him. So and he's he's extremely active on all the social platforms. <laughs> that so, I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, he would be, right? He's 19. <laughs> I'm the eyeball here. I'm 32 and I'm on the social platforms. My wife says I use Instagram like a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> and I say, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> They're powerful platforms for sure to be able to reach audience and everything like that. So that's one thing. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So you said that you were interested in the finance and markets and and everything like that back when you were in your early early teens even before that what 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 struck your interest on those you know that's a it's a good question because i try to think back and what really like stays in my mind i was i was sitting down watching a t uh watching tv and then uh, a commercial popped up of E-Trade. I don't remember the exact commercial, but I do remember it was an E-Trade commercial. And whatever that commercial was, it just like sparked my interest. And I was like, wow, I really want to learn this. And there were a couple of times where I, I would sit down, watch the news with, let's say, my grandpa or my dad or my mom. And sometimes at the end, before a commercial break, they would quickly quote the market. Like, oh, the Dow did this, the S&P did this, and so forth. And... I would ask my my mom, my grandpa, like, what does that mean? And there's like, oh, that's just the, the stock market. It's just like if stocks went up or down, but, you know, it really didn't like satisfy my question. I wanted to learn more about this, you know. And so, like I said, that E-Trade commercial, I don't remember exactly what it was about. I just know it was an E-Trade commercial and it just completely sparked my interest. And like, wow, I really want to learn this. And then my uncle who had some knowledge, I started talking to him about it and he started like, 
explaining me some certain topics and so forth and giving me certain websites. And then I started check. I just started reading online, like on Investopedia. Back then, E-Trade, since that was commercial was from E-Trade, I went on their website and they had like a an education site, like of certain videos. And so I just started watching all of those videos. Most of it, I didn't understand anything, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. I just Googled and like, okay, what does this mean? I'm like, oh, okay. And then, you know, little by little, just started like kind of understanding it, you know, but I just... I just dealt myself in. I started reading a bunch of things. I didn't understand anything, but I just kept like plowing through because I'm like, I really want to learn this. And then, you know, I just kept on learning. You know, I, what you're describing there is, is so important. And, and that's something I want the audience to really just pick up on what Adriel's saying is that you can do anything. And I tell my kids this. He's six, but he doesn't really get it. You can do anything as long as you decide that this is what you're going to do. There's no excuse. I mean, this dude was like in his early teens. He's on E-Trade trying to figure out how to trade stocks, how to trade options Mm -hmm. while you were watching Netflix. (laughs) I I mean, that's the deal, right? And and that's that's the attitude that I take is that I may – I mean, look at me, right? I I had no idea how to build a website, and I watched YouTube videos to the point where I now have a website. I didn't know how to make a podcast until I watched YouTube videos on how to make a podcast – and now here, here you and I are talking together on it. And there that's the go. thing is that the power of perseverance, like Adriel has, has pushed him into this different arena that he's chosen to be in. And I, I think that's fantastic. You are living proof that you set your mind to it. You can make things happen. So good for you, man. So so you're in college right now. Where where are you at and what are you studying? So right now I'm, uh, I live in Miami. So I am, st- I am studying at Barry University mm-hmm. and I am majoring... Um, in finance and along with a minor in computer information science. And Very I'm cool. also, um, w- the cool thing about Barry, which is one of the reasons why I decided to go, is that we have a SMIF, uh, Student Managed Investment Fund, where we we manage part of the university's endowment and we invested in stocks and bonds. And so we do like research, you know, we have we have access to the Bloomberg Terminal, which is pretty awesome. So we do research, we do full-on research reports at the end of every semester, we report to our advisory board, which are top professionals in the field of finance that have much a lot of finance experience. And therefore, we report to them what we've done for the semester, what any pitches we did, we bought or sold, our returns and so forth. So it's a really cool opportunity. And so like, what, that was a big reason why I decided to go to Barry University because of that Smith. That is super cool, and I can totally relate to you. Uh, I went to college in Arkansas, Henderson State University, and uh, when I was there, I I went to school. I, I asked my mom; she's an accountant now; she's a controller. Uh, I was like, "What's the easiest degree to get a job?" Because that was that was my mindset. I just got to get a job, right? That that's what right. people do in the in in life is they <laughs> they go to school, they get a job, they get married, they buy a house. You know, the traditional path. Right. Um, and she's like, well, you need a business degree. So I was like, sweet, I'll do that. So I looked on their course catalog and management had the least amount of hours in order to attain the degree. So I was like, I'll get a management degree. Sure, I'll go be a manager at Best Buy. I literally thought that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and when I was there, um, I was taking finance courses that are required. And I was like, whoa, now this is pretty cool. This, this really mm. speaks to me more than anything else. Mm. So I finished my management degree. I took a semester off and I went back for my MBA. And at Henderson, they don't have specialized MBAs. It's more of a general, but then you can choose a path you want Mm. to go down. So uh, I went down the finance path and basically I took all finance courses for my MBA. And one of those courses uh, was a student managed uh, investment fund. Oh, nice. Yes. And uh, yep. And that's really where where things got started. And it was was really exciting, kind of like what you're dealing with right now. Uh, I remember specifically uh, this was, oh, Oh, let me re- let me back up two seconds here. This was in 2008. There's not a worse time to be in a oh. student managed investment fund <laughs> than in 2008. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and one of my uh, one of my top picks that I was really gung ho about. I I used to ride motorcycles. I used to have a Harley Davidson, and um, so my my top pick was uh, was Harley Davidson, which is Hog H O G. Right. And it was a pretty terrible time to try and go long Hog. <laughs> but uh, you know what? That that's part of the the bias that you have whenever you're investing, right? Is it's like right. I really like this iPhone. I'm gonna buy Apple. I, I love Amazon. <laughs> I'm gonna buy Amazon stock. 
I love yeah. Harley Davidson, and even though the stock is down fifty percent, I think it's a good buy. <laughs> it's 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 just a tiny correction. Don't worry about it. It can't be worse yeah. than you know Bitcoin or anything. But right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I totally totally agree. With, uh, or or can uh, can be in that same shoes as you there. That that's exciting. Um, so what 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 are your top picks right now? Uh, and let me make a disclaimer. Uh, none of this is financial advice, nor trading advice, or anything that you should or shouldn't do in your own portfolio. With that being said, what uh, what were you presenting for your uh, student uh, student advantage uh, student managed investment fund? Yeah. So what I what I've since uh, this is my third semester in Smith. I so currently I'm right now finishing up my sophomore year at, at Barry, and so I joined Smith my second semester as a freshman. So I've been already in it for three semesters in Smith. Next semester would be my fourth. And so what I decided, I joined the fixed income sector, actually, not equities, because I wanted to learn more about bond and how the bond valuation, bond investing goes through that. So mainly the, the three semesters I've been in Smith, we made, I've been mainly focusing on just like finding bonds and like how to value bonds and like screening for bonds and so forth. So and not really much equity since I have some ex I have experience with equities, you know, being like trading stocks, trading options, equity options. So I want to learn something different. I want to learn mm -hmm. something that I didn't know before. And like coming into Smith, I didn't know anything about fixed income. I really didn't. I didn't know how okay. to analyze one. I really didn't know what what it actually meant to buy a bond or anything. I like I, I knew what a bond was. Don't get me wrong. I just never actually had the experience of actually like going through the research of, of analyzing a bond, the purchasing a bond. So that's why I decided to do that. And next thing you know, three semesters later, I'm the head of the fixed income sector. So Very definitely cool. Smith helped teach me a lot about fixed income. And not only that, but also I decided to bring some of my knowledge of options into Smith since we don't like no, no one has really focused or dedicated the time to um, pitch any option strategies onto the Smith portfolio, be it either for hedges or doing covered calls or so forth. So that was something this semester I decided to focus on trying to bring some some hedging strategies into the Smith portfolio and so forth. So like that we could, you know, reduce some risk using some options. So that was for this semester, but mainly I've been focusing more on fixed incomes in Smith okay. just to learn something so let's, different. Let's go back just a tiny bit for the audience uh, that may or may not know what fixed income is. Would you mind explaining that, explaining how it's different than equities, explaining why it's called fixed income? Uh, sure. share, share some of your expertise with the audience here. They'll be, they'd sure. love to hear that. And plus, let's let's keep it real here, folks. He's 19 and he's managing investment funds and he's the head of the fixed income side. So this dude knows what he's talking about. And I'm assuming that you eat, sleep and breathe finance. Am I correct? Oh, absolutely. I love yeah, that. I thought that <laughs> might be the case. <laughs> So, yeah, so to explain fixed income, the difference between, let's say, fixed income or another name could be bonds between bonds and equities is with equities, you're effectively an owner, a part owner of the company. You buy some shares of the of, of stock and you're effectively part owner of that of that company. The difference with bonds is that when you buy a bond, you're effectively lending money to that company that issued that bond. So effectively, you're you're a lender. You're lending money to the company. So you in effect you effectively stand at a higher level than the than the equity holder just by the nature of the capital structure of the company. So if in the case of if the company were to go bankrupt or something were to go wrong, the bondholder would be entitled to pay first and if anything is left over then the equity holder. So and the reason why it's called fixed income is because when you purchase a bond you um, every year you get paid a fixed um, a fixed interest and for over let's say you buy a five year bond then over those course of five years you get a um, a fixed interest payment every year and then at the end of the year at the end of those five years that the bond matures as the name as it as it goes you get your full money back that you lend it along with all the interest payments that you accumulated. And so it's a it's basically it's a way to diversify your portfolio, have low risk since bonds are usually are deemed to be less risky than than equities. Of course, it depends what type of bond you buy. You know, there are bonds called investment grades, which are um, meaning they're low risk investments. And they're, they're the way bonds are classified based on the riskiness is by letters. So let's say you have a triple A bond. That's the highest, highest, most safest bond you could buy. 
you have a triple B minus, let's say that's like, it's still investment grade, meaning it's still less risk, but it's like at the very, very low end of investment grade. You buy, let's say, a, a triple C bond, and, and that's therefore called the high yield or junk bond, which is a very risky investment and is effect effectively like, like, like stock. And the advantage to that is obviously you get a much higher interest payment. But of course, with that, you have the risk of the company going to fall and so forth. But that's the main difference between stocks and bonds is the fact that with stocks, you're a part owner. And with a bond, you're basically lending money to that company. Okay, I really like how you describe that. In fact, I'm going to use that in future episodes, how it's, <laughs> how it's like a uh, you're the lender. So yes. as Adriel was describing here, let's say that Adriel's walking into his local credit union and he's like, I need to take out a loan for a new car. And they say, well, what kind of car are you going to get? He's going to say, I need a Range Rover. I'm 19. I'm in college. It only makes sense. <laughs> so he's getting his Range Rover. And the bank, the institution, they're going to lend him money. But for that availability of funds that he's taking, then he is going to pay the institution the principal, which is the amount of funds he's borrowing, plus the interest on those funds. Right. So with the bond, you have switched roles. You're now lending to whatever institution would be taking the bond. Mm -hmm. It could be a company. It could be the, uh, the U.S. government, whatever the case could be. But you're giving them your money, and they are giving you interest and your principal back. Uh, they may not come at the same time. I believe the principal comes at the end, where interest comes every six yep. months. Yep. Uh, but but similar to a car payment, you're going to be getting that those funds back plus your interest, and that is different than how stocks work. Stocks are like Adriel says, a portion, a fractional ownership of a company, and that company may or may not pay a dividend. If they do, you could think of it in a similar way as that. But let's say if it's like Amazon, which doesn't pay a dividend, then you're just taking the the partial ownership of the company. And then as the stock appreciates or depreciates, your account value will also appreciate or depreciate. You don't have the principal that's going to come back to you. Yep, That's correct. Yep. And usually bonds, they have a face value or par value. That's the technical of a thousand, meaning um, if you were to lend effectively if you were to buy a bond, it would be of a thousand dollars. But sometimes, you know, the bond price could be trading above or below par which is above or below that 1000 and so depending if it's above or below par that's how much money you would effectively would have to like put up f to do that bond trade so to say so let's say okay. if a bond is yeah, trading yeah, yeah. at, at 999 now the interesting thing about bond prices is that they're quoted in percents of the face value so if you see 99 that means it's 99% of the face value which is 1000 or 990 effectively and so I mean, 999. So that could be a little confusing thing, but effectively, let's say you purchase a bond at 90, which is 900. So, and then you, you, the company is promising to pay you a, a 5% coupon. Therefore, that's 5% of the 1,000 face value, which is 50, which is, um, yeah, 50 bucks, let's say. And though, so every six months, they'll pay you 25. So, in other words, each year you'll get 50 bucks for, let's say, a five year. So every year they promise to pay you um, 50 bucks. At the end of the five years, you get your your principal back, which is your 1000. And then you also have gotten all those interest payments that over the course of those five years. So it's that's like I said, that's why it's called fixed, because you just get a fixed interest payment every year. And then at the end, like you said, Chris, you get your principal back. Right. Now, I want to talk to you about the uh, the yield curve and how that's that's inverting. Mm. Um, I was trying to explain it the other day on a podcast, and and I don't know if I did as great of a job as I could have. But with bonds, they are they are issued at a stated rate. So let's yes. say a bond is issued at two percent. I mean that is mm -hmm. the the actual coupon that's paid. Yes. But bond traders buy or sell that, and they are taking on more or less risk with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they do that 2% then goes up or down depending on the price of the bond. Could you yes. could you try and explain that in as easy terms as possible to where how the bond price and the bond yield are inversely correlated? Now, Adriel, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, and if, if, if you don't want to do it, it's okay. Just let me know. Yeah, um, no worries, no worries. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, just making sure. Uh, I'm no. definitely not trying to quiz you or anything. I know you no, know what no, you're talking about. No, 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 this is good, this is good, this is good. Okay. <laughs> they say... 
a person doesn't truly understand something unless they're able to explain it. So That's I mean, right. I'm definitely gonna let's do this. So okay, so let's yeah, do it. so um, as you stated, bonds have an inverse relationship with interest rates. So let's say if interest rates are going up, therefore bond prices go down, and vice versa. If interest rates are going down, bond prices go up. There's an inverse relationship. Now, why is that? So let's say you have a uh, a bond, a 1,000 face value. You know, that's usually, that's always the par. And it's paying you a 5% coupon or 50 bucks. Those so that's $50, the stated coupon that's on the, stated the bond. Coupon. Yes. Right. Those 50, that $50 interest payment never changes. It always stays the same. What changes is the bond price and therefore that changes your yield. So in bonds, there's two things. There's your coupon, which is the stated interest rate. And then there's your, there's your yield, which is what interest rate you would be getting depending on the price that you pay for that bond. So let me explain. So let's say, again, you have a $1,000 face value, 5% coupon. So there's four, it's $50, $50 a payment. But let's say all of a sudden the bond is trading below par. Let's say from 1,000 is trading at 990, let's say 990. All of a sudden, those 50 bucks, if you were to divide 50 by 990, which at the top of my head, it's, it's more than 5%, therefore, you still get those 50 bucks, but since effectively you bought it at a cheaper price, the bond, your yield is higher. Let's say from five, it goes to 6%. So effectively, if you were to buy the bond at 990, let's say, you would be getting a 6% yield or 6.5% yield. Why? Just because um, from 1,000 to 990, you know, that $50 is a slightly bigger portion yes. of 990 than a thousand you know that's a great great explanation i really yeah, really so like that that's the that's the thing but your interest payment never changes it's just depending on your price that you pay for the bond that your yield changes i hope right hopefully that's not as confusing as it may sound no that that makes that makes great sense and and thank you for explaining that to the audience so let's say why would the price of a bond change wouldn't it still be as good today as it is a year from now or a year ago Right. Yeah. So the reason why bond changes, it's for many fact. If you're looking at, let's say, uh, a government bond like the, the U.S. government bonds, there's many, you know, supply and demand just by the nature of, you know, supply and demand. Um, economic factors, if it um, that, you know, like, oh, all of a sudden the market is not expecting so much growth in the future than they were expecting. That's going to affect bond prices. The short end of the yield curve, that's mainly affected by Fed rates, you know, and the Fed has been raising rates. So that's obviously going to push yields up, therefore bond prices down. So there's many different um, if there's fear in equities, people are going to rush to buy bonds, which is going to push bond prices up again, yields down. So there's many different factors that affect why interest rates and bond prices go up and down on a daily basis. And on a daily basis, it's probably more supply and demand and just traders buying and selling bonds more than anything. And occasionally, you know, there'll be news that comes out. Oh, the Fed might not raise rates as expected. They're not as hawkish and therefore bond prices might go might go a little bit higher because they're not expecting to raise rates as aggressively or or so. I mean, bond prices might go higher because they're not expecting Feds to the Fed to raise rates as aggressively as before or so forth. So there's many different things that could affect if you're looking at a at a company bond. Now, that's a different story. A company bond, you know, if all of a sudden they report something that, oh, we're going to take a big hit in in revenues and we're going to have less capital, you know, then therefore bond prices might go down because there's maybe there's some worry that they might not be able to pay you back because effectively as a bond holder, you're wor you're you're in, you're you want the you're just wor worried that the company won't pay you back. And therefore, you lose all your principal that you invested in the bond. And so when you're looking at a company, a company, an individual company bond, then the same macroeconomic factors still affect that bond. But then you have um, certain um, specific company risk like fundamentals and so forth. And then all those things also have an effect on the bond price for a specific company. Oh, man, this is great. I really, really appreciate you going through all this. No, this uh, is fun. This is for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. So the biggest takeaway for the audience is that bonds are you essentially lending money to an institution. And when you do, that that money that you're lending has now a market value. It could go up, mm -hmm. it could go down. Yep. Uh, the bond buyer has the ability to pay you back at the end with all of the uh, 
Adro can pay back his Range Rover in one lump sum at the end of six years from now. But mm -hmm. the truth is, we don't know where Adriel's going to be six months from now or six years from now. So he's going to pay us interest every six months along the way. Right. Yeah. I like that. This is really good. Yep. For sure. Okay. So that's basically the basics of, of, of bond investing. Obviously, you could get much more complicated into it. But like the overall idea is that exactly how you explained it, Chris. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So I got a few questions here that I wanted to ask you. So tell sure. us about uh maybe a challenging time or situation and you as a trader could have been devastated or even ruined your trading um but you made it through you persisted and now you have learned lessons that maybe you'd want to share with our audience so you're talking about a devastating uh, let's say a dev in trading right okay well i my very first year trading actually back in 20 2016 um it was it was elections i had I had, I started, okay, I, when I first started trading, I still remember the date like it was yesterday. It was August 8, 2016. That was my, the very first, like the week before that I had funded my account and everything and boom, the August 8, 2016 comes and I'm, I'm going to put on my very first trade. Um, so ever since then I've been trading and then I had done some trades here and there and then the elections were coming, you know, and I was preparing, you know, volatility. VIX was around what, 21, maybe around there. We, the market had, had sell has sold off like maybe, um, three, four percent an hour or so around there. You know, it was like a decent calm sell off. VIX was high, you know, because of the uncertainty of the election. No one knew who was gonna win, Trump or Hillary or whatever the case may be. And so, okay, I was like, okay, I'm gonna bet for a volatility crush. So, from August up to November, the day before the election, I had made some, I had made some decent money for just starting out. You know, like mm -hmm. a good chunk of change, maybe like 30% or so, maybe. It was like wow, a pretty good Yeah, it was a pretty good return for like just those three months. And so, but the issue that, the problem that occurred after the election that you saw the, the market from overnight futures being down like lock limit, they mm -hmm. rallied all the way back and ended up, I don't know, 1% higher maybe or so. I don't remember exactly. The positions I had were in SPY. I was in all the equities, SPY, IWM, QQQ, Diamonds. I had a position in gold. I had a position in bonds, you know, GLD, TLT, and some other positions. And they were all neutral trades. So that was one mistake right there because you were lacking strategy diversification. So the day, the day after the election, you know, everything basically exploded. Markets went all the mm -hmm. way higher. Bonds went all the way down. I think gold also went all the way down. And so forth. And I had a bunch of iron flies on the weekly options, not even monthlies. I decided oh, to go wow. weeklies. I decided to go weeklies, you know. And so, and I had a lot of positions on, all correlated, because they were all like just neutral iron condors or iron flies. Mm -hmm. And so, when that happened, you know, I basically, you know, I lost a lot of money. I gave up all my profits, unfortunately. And of course, after commission, I was effectively down money. So in like in a course of a matter of, of days, you know, from the election, from the day after the election to maybe around the end of November, you know, I had given up basically all my profits. And then after commissions, I was effectively down money on the year. And it was, it was really frustrating because I was from I was up a good chunk of change. And then to give it all back that quickly, you know, it was really frustrating. It really was annoying. You know, I mean, for me, it didn't discourage me because like okay i know trading isn't a a three-month thing it's not like in three months i'm gonna become a professional trader you know mm -hmm. the analogy i like to use is um you know the basketball player you know basketball player doesn't become a professional just by playing in the in the in the basketball park with his friends for that's right like, three hours every day you know no it takes years and I, when i mean years years you know those guys are at it for years and even now in the nba they're still every day practicing you know and they still you know so it takes a lot a lot of years to like be able to develop consistency and so that wasn't a discouragement it was just a really i was just angry because like no one, obviously <laughs> who likes to lose money right so i was just angry but it was definitely a lesson for my very first year was like hey don't have you know don't as the typical saying goes don't have all your eggs in one basket and in this yeah. case don't have all your money in just one strategy because yeah absolutely it could work for a, like and it was working because if you look at august 2016 um, and the, the months after, before November, the market was pretty flat. It didn't go anywhere. So I was pretty comfortable just selling iron condors left and right or iron mm -hmm. flies and everything was working. 
you know and i'm like oh this is easy money and, you know you, you start <laughs> getting you start thinking you know something and then obviously the market will always remind you hey you don't know anything so right so um, keep be on point you know so that was a big lesson for me like hey don't have all your strategies and just don't have all your um money in one strategy because obviously in the case of some big event like that like the election or some other thing and there's big moves everywhere then you're gonna get killed everywhere type of thing you know no doubt yeah, and to Adriel's point, this is something that, that I went through, uh, is I, I did a, a portfolio review a couple of years ago, and I saw that while I had all these neutral trades on, like iron condors, like he's talking about, um, the, my losses and all those exceeded so much more than the uh, the money I was making. So I may have had a 70 or 80% win rate. I remember it was crazy high, but the lost dollars were so much more than all the winning dollars. And I was like, there's got to be something better than this. Right. So what I started doing is uh, I now put on directional trades. It may be a credit spread or a debit spread or a broken wing butterfly. Um, but one direction trades, essentially. So I don't have risk to either side. Right. The reason I do that is there's just less management to these. And if there is management, it's just as easy as throwing on the opposing spread and then just working with that. Right. But that's that's how I do it. Whenever I put on a single trade, it's it's one direction. Um, but my overall portfolio, I try to keep neutral. So that's how I kind of balance the two. I, yeah. I don't like to put on neutral trades, but I do put on one directional trades in order to build a neutral portfolio. Right. So for you, um, how did you learn how to trade? You mentioned earlier you started with E-Trade. Well, not started with, but you, you got interested because of E-Trade. Yeah. And then you started learning as much as you possibly could. Um, how did you actually get into the business of the business of making money with your own money? How'd you get into that? Yeah, so that was a, that's a good question. So like I said, I first started with eTrade. Like I checked their website and they had like an education, right? So I just started watching those education videos. A lot of it, like I said, I didn't understand, but I just kept on going. And then somehow I don't I think it was a friend who mentioned me is like, hey, you know, there's such thing as demo accounts. And I'm like, what what do you mean ah. demo accounts? And I was like, Oh yeah, you could open a demo account. It's like if you were trading the market you know but it's just with you know fake money and so you could practice and i was like yo that's pretty dope because I, I hadn't heard of that i didn't know that and so you know i decided to like open a a, a paper account i don't remember where the interesting thing about this is that i started with I, I i was i was everywhere so i first started learning about stocks then i started learning a little bit about bonds but then i went started learning about forex you know, like, again, reading articles, websites, and so forth, a little bit of Forex. Then I went and learned a little bit about futures, then options. But then options for me at the time, back when I was 12, 13, you know, I was like, well, this is too confusing. Let me go back to, like, stocks mm -hmm. and futures. You know, those those make more a little more sense. And then, you know, I just kept on, like, learning. And then I, a friend of mine told me he was back then, he was trading Forex. And so he had a, he's like, Hey, you could open a demo account with this broker that I'm using. Like, okay, cool. And so I started practicing playing around with some Forex. Okay, whatever. Then that same friend, he started, he went on to futures and then he's like, Hey, look, you could use this platform for futures. I'm like, Oh, okay, dope. You know? And then I started learning a little bit about futures. And then, um, with respect to options, you know, there was this one, um, website that I used to go that it was usually about options, but like I said, I really didn't understand it. Until one time I saw this video on YouTube by this guy, the way he explained options was like, oh, you can make money without necessarily having to be right on direction. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about mm -hmm. your, like credit spreads. He was talking about credit spreads. I was like, yo, wait, wait, wait. Because all this time, er everything I had been learning was pure direction. You know, stocks or futures, you know, betting on pure direction and always having to be right, you know. And so when this guy comes along saying, oh, um, you can trade options and do certain strategies that the, you don't have to be right on direction. You can still make money. That like totally sparked my interest because all the time I had been paper trading, be either with Forex or with stocks or with futures, you know, that have been paper trading, just trying out, um, you know, it, it's hard in the sense to constantly be right on direction, especially let's say if you're trying to like practice, trying to day trade in futures or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's not an easy constantly betting on direction all the time and always having to be right. So that definitely sparked my interest so that I decided to delve more into options trading. And I just, you know, delved myself into it. I still hadn't opened a real account. I had been demo. And so 
once I saw that YouTube video about options and like, hey, you can make money without having to be right in direction, I decided to just, okay, I'm definitely have to learn this because I already had some options knowledge, but it was confusing. You know, calls, puts, if you buy them, it's this. If you sell them, it's that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like strike price and it was like, what is this? So I, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to learn this. And I started reading some Investopedia articles. And then but at that time, I had a demo account with Toss, with mm -hmm. the Thinkorswim platform, right? And back then, you know how they have their trader TV? So yeah. back then I used to watch CNBC. But then if you click on the little tab to change channels, back then it was CNBC. And then there was this thing called Tasty Trade. I was like, yeah. Tasty Trade, what, the, what, what is this funky name? Tasty Trade, right? So I click on it just to see what the hell it was. And then I see these two random dudes. It's like, it was Tom, Tony, <laughs> and it was... um. They were talking about VIX. They were talking about VIX futures or something. And I'm watching. And I'm like, who, um, on it, the first thing was like, who's this hippie looking dude? You know, when I see Tom, I was like, who's this hippie looking dude? You know, Tom doesn't know this, but like, I was like, who's this hippie looking dude? And like, what is this? Some radio show or something? It was just, it was kind of weird to me. But it was at the same time, it was kind of cool because they were talking about VIX or something. I'm like, what the hell is the VIX? VIX futures? What is this? And I was like. I didn't understand anything. I was like, okay, whatever. So I just changed back channels. But then as I kept Googling for options trading, you know, Tasty Trade popped up again. I clicked mm -hmm. on their website. I'm like, oh, this is the same. And then I saw they were all about options. And then I'm like, okay, let me try to watch them. So I started watching them. And then I was like, okay, wow, this is, this is totally different than other shows and other things I've seen before. And so again, so then I just devoured all of their content that they had learned tremendous amount of information that I hadn't learned in other places before. And then finally, I'm like, okay, I really have to do this. And I finally opened my account. Um, back, back then, it was with, um, with Toss when I opened the account. And so I opened it and then I started finally trading for real, you know. And then I haven't looked back since. That's but fantastic, it was a, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was an interesting journey because I went through a lot. I went through many years just paper trading. But it just it never was the same because since it wasn't with real money, I wasn't really that like enthusiastic. I'm like, okay, let's let's yeah, learn you didn't the have strategies. Skin don't in the get game. me wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. I, like, don't get like it helped me learn some of the strategies. Don't get me wrong. Like I was paper trading, and I was practicing many different strategies, um, with options trading or so forth, different option strategies out there just to see how they work, get to know the platform a bit. But it just wasn't the same because like, okay, you know, like, oh, wow, I'm down, let's say I'm down 200 bucks. I'm then like, oh, well, at least it's not real money. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, whatever. Like, oh, I made yeah. 50, I made $80. I'm like, damn, I wish it was real money. But since, yeah. again, since it's not, like you said, no skin in the game. So I was like, nah, man, this is getting boring. I'm like, yeah, let's mm -hmm. just do it with real money. So we truly start learning. And so mm -hmm. then, you know, back then I was 17, so I couldn't open an account. And so, you know, I, back then I, I did it on, on my dad opened the account, but I was the one in full control of the mm -hmm. of the trading. It was all my decision. And then that's when I'm like, ah, not, that's when I truly started learning about myself, about my trading, you know, and yep. so forth. And, you know, I, thank, and I haven't looked back since. Don't there you go. It. <laughs> that's really cool. I, I had a similar story. Um, I, I, I stumbled into Tasty Trade and then, you know, I... I still watch Tasty Trade, and, and the deal with Tasty Trade, I mean, I'm a finance professional. I've been in the finance field for over a decade. Um, that's what my degree was in and everything else. But I can't find anywhere that I can go and listen to people talk about the things that I'm interested in for eight hours a day anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I, yep. and, and for the fact that they literally spend all of their time trying to give you better information to make you a better trader. Yeah. Literally, I, I cannot find a better, more altruistic thing that anyone could do than put on Tasty Trade, and 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 I'm so thankful for that because it's it's completely changed my life. It's one of the reasons why we're here today. Yep, no, it's true. And yeah. the cool thing is that the I mean the CEO himself, you know, he answers personally all your emails that you sent to yep. him, and everyone else answers their emails, and so That's like. Right. I remember sending an email to some other companies and like they never even got back to me. <laughs> yeah. Like you see um, the people from Tasty Trade always, they always get back to you, always willing to help out and everything. No, doubt. So, no I definitely agree with you. That's like you said, that's why we're here, me and you talking because because of Tasty Trade and so forth. And it's truly, uh, truly awesome what they do. An amazing company. So I use Tastyworks and I recommend Tastyworks. And Tastyworks and I, we have a, 
a marketing agreement. And so I, I promote them on my channel and, and they help me out. Do you also use Tastyworks? Yes, yes. Once okay, when cool. Tastytrade announced the Tastyworks announced like they were opening their own brokerage, I'm like, okay, I'm out of toss and into Tastyworks. Yep. And, I, and I left Th Thinkorswim and then I went to Tastyworks. And I mean, their platform is amazing. Commission structure is like the most best, the best thing about Tastyworks that I love their commission structure. And their platform is amazingly fast and truly, truly, truly easy for the options trader. Right. You know, the first time I, I vividly remember the first time that I, I knew trading was for me. I I was sitting at my desk at work and somebody was talking about buying a put in Deutsche Bank. And I was like, I, I've heard of a put, but I can't remember what it is. So I'm one of those nerds that kept all my books from college. And I ran ah. over and I grabbed my book. And in the book, there were two tabs and the entire like 900 page textbook. I had two tabs on the side. One was bonds, <laughs> like we just talked oh, about yeah. a minute ago. Uh, and the other one was options. And I was oh, like, look at that. <laughs> what are the chances of that? So I, <laughs> so I open it and I'm going through the book and, I, and it's very cursory. It was something like a put increases in value as the stock price decreases in value. And I was like, okay, that doesn't tell me much. So I started Googling and, you know, found a lot of resources on the internet and some of them were not good. And then some of them were great, like tasty trade. Right. But I remember that day going on to, I think I went on to Yahoo finance and they have options chains on there. And I looked at the options chain. And I was like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> right. What are all these numbers? Why are half of them shade on this side and half shade on the other side? I could I just want to make some money. What do right. I do? <laughs> so so that was that was the day I was like, I gotta figure something out. And uh, and I just went off to the races. And and I can totally empathize with a, a brand new trader. When you're looking at that the options chain and you're thinking, what on earth does all this mean? What is a yeah. delta? Yeah. Why do I care about extrinsic value? I mean, there's so much stuff to to learn. And yeah. at least for me, with the Tastyworks platform. It's it's been the easiest to use, and there's so many little features in there that I think are fantastic. I use exclusively the web version, but they also have a downloadable desktop version. Mm -hmm. um, I know one thing with the web version that I love is that there's actually a uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but it it'll show you your portfolio and show you how neutral you are in there, and I, I love that. The risk graph, right? Yes, the risk yes, graph. Yes, yes, that's that, that's yeah, that's one of the awesome things about man the web that that, that thing that. is so cool. It'll give you like nearly to the uh, the point on the S&P, just where your risk lies yep. and, and inside or outside of that. That's fantastic. No, it's truly awesome, yeah. Like for me, uh, I mainly use more the the mobile since, uh, you know, I'm in college. And oh, okay, I, I, yeah. And, or, okay, I'll still use the downloadable version. I mean, I use all three depending, but mainly I'll just be on the phone and I'll just use the mobile app just to like mm -hmm. look at my positions or do quick adjustments to trading, you know. There you go. Um, it goes back to what you stated earlier. If you really want to do something, you, you'll find the time you'll to do it. You'll find the way. I mean, remember That's all right. this time that I've been like all those years from 12 to when I finally opened my brokerage account. And even after that, I mean, I was in high school. Then I started college. You know, I had assignments, quizzes, tests, you know, other things to do. But all throughout that time, I still managed to learn, to read a bit, to read, to dedicate some time to read a book, to dedicate the time to read some articles, dedicate the time to look at the market, what the market is doing, see if there's any trading opportunities, you know. So it's like if you're always willing to put in the time, if you truly, truly want to put the time, you'll find the way, you know, instead That's of watching right. that Netflix for that hour, just go read uh an article of finance or whatever, you know, there so, you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now I did want to mention real quick. Uh, I know you already have a Tastyworks account, but if anyone in the audience doesn't have one, they are free to open. And when you yep. open one, uh, make sure to use the code 10 minute. That's one zero M I N U T E. And I will personally send you some free 10 minute trader, exclusive bonuses worth well over $150. So you don't have much to lose. Open a free account. Let me know you did. I'm going to take, I'm going to take care of you and hook you up. So that's just another another perk of opening a Tastyworks account using that code there, and I'll I'll take care of you. So, Adriel, um, what are your plans for the future? So, my plans for the future. Now, that's something I think about every day. Good. And you should. I mean, yes. <laughs> so, ideally, as of now, you know, focusing on college, you know, graduating. But ideally, after I graduate college, so there's two to three things I would like to do. One ideally you know hopefully by the time i graduate i will have already um have gotten some internships or so forth so maybe mm -hmm. by the time i graduate i already have a job out there but ideally i mean the most ideal 
for me because I, I really want to just want to dedicate myself working to someone or working for someone. I, I you know, best thing would to be work for yourself, at least for me, you know, um, ideally, I would want to start maybe my own fund, you know, mm -hmm. like my own fund, like to manage other people's money, you know, my own hedge fund, essentially, and just do that, you know, then, uh, you know, create my have my team myself, you know, over the years, develop a team, have my team and, you know, and then do that or just trade for myself you know ideally if i could achieve trading for a living you know that would be the most ideal situation you know i remember Absolutely. this book that i read called trading for a living uh, maybe you've read it uh, like the way the author starts out is um um you can be free you can be independent you can trade anywhere in the world or something like that is how the author starts out and it was mm -hmm. like th that that phrase just really got me you know? and it's effectively true you know you could be your own boss and then as long as you have an internet connection, you could trade from anywhere, you know? Yeah. So no and it gives you that freedom to, let's say, travel the world, spend time with your family, do other things, you know, and so forth. But, you know, if that doesn't, let's say, if that doesn't pan out or whatever, then, you know, working for some prop firm or some wealth management bank, you know, or, or some prop firm that deals with, like, equity derivatives and market making type of thing. Like, an, let's say, you know, companies out there, let's say like Acuna Capital or so forth, you know, that they're like market making options firm that deal with just deal with that, you know, idea. And obviously, since that's my, what I like, you know, options, the derivative space, ideally something like that would be really cool working for a firm like that to get mm -hmm. some experience just to see how that that side of the of the of the of the world of the finance world, so to speak, works, you know, that side of that. Because many people don't really understand, you know, the market making and options, you know, the market making of options markets and so forth. They don't really understand that. So that'd be something cool, to be honest. And ideally there, but hopefully, you know, my plans for the future would be that, you know, either working for some, working for myself with my own firm, with my own company, or working for a specific firm, like either that, that side of the, with equity, with market making derivatives and so forth. Man, that that sounds great. I I mean, you're obviously already on the right track. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the one thing that I would I would suggest to you, keep on doing what you're doing, managing your own funds. Um, and then once you do graduate, well, in between now and then, putting in a lot of work on social media to get yourself known as an expert, kind of like what we're doing today. Right. More things like this to help boost your personal brand so that whenever you do decide to reach out to these people, they already know who you are and they already know how good you are. So you don't even need an interview. They'll just say, oh, I know Adriel, let's get him in. Then once you're there, just ask as many questions as you possibly can. Once you're in that door, man, that, that's when yep. everything really will open up for you. I mean, I would, and I have, just get a notebook and every day ask questions. Don't let them know what your intentions are essentially, but like, just be really clear, like, oh, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Do I need a Series 7 or a Series 63 or anything like that? Just all day, every day, asking questions. And then then at night, man, keep doing your own thing, plugging away at it. And then now you've got all the answers that you need in order to take each next step forward. So I, I love your plan. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, cool. Adriel, that, that covers everything I want to go over today. I do want to have you back on in the near future and we can talk about more specific topics. Um, we could, we could do a whole episode on bonds. We could do a whole episode on options or, or anything in particular that, uh, that you might want to share your, your expertise on. Man, I love, sure. I, 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 I'm so glad we could have this conversation this morning and Adriel woke up. He's a college student. He's 19. <laughs> We're having a 7:30 AM conference on a, on a Saturday and uh, it's almost unbelievable that I even got him out of bed. Um, <laughs> when I was 19, this, this would be about the time I was going to bed when I was in college. <laughs> so, so you're doing way better than me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, Adriel, yeah. thank you so much again for being on the, the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks you need to trade faster and trade smarter. That uh, Brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Check out Adriel. Adriel, where can people find you on social media? Where is the yes. best place to get a hold of you if they have questions or want to learn more about what you're up to? Definitely, definitely. So for me, I have I have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but I don't really use Facebook. I'm super active though on Twitter and Instagram. So <laughs> if you guys want to follow me on Facebook, on on Instagram or Twitter, my the account to search is I solo I solo trader A I S O L O trader, 
and then and it's the same for twitter or for instagram i solo trader ai solo trader and so definitely give me a follow and you'll see i'm always pretty active on twitter posting market commentary pretty active on instagram also posting market commentary on instagram i'll go a little off track sometimes and post like occasional funny things but i try to keep it like much finance sensitive and definitely if anyone has any questions i'm always people have sometimes dm me there and i'm always willing to help out answer any questions or anything they may have for sure well adriel that is perfect man and thank you so much for coming on today's podcast i really appreciate it and uh everyone at home uh listening today please be sure to give adriel a follow uh shoot him a hundred thousand tms so that he doesn't have to go to class that'd be great and uh And thank you, Chris, for having me on. This was a tremendous opportunity. Definitely liked it. And definitely looking forward to doing more of these. This was definitely fun. Absolutely. Can't wait to do it again. Hey, before I forget, if you really want to take the guesswork out of trading and get nearly $1,500 in free bonuses, then head on over to tryfinclub.com. And try the club for yourself risk-free for two weeks. And the only place to get these huge bonuses is at tryfinclub.com. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications so you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. So that wraps up today's podcast. I've been your host, Christopher Yule, and I'll see you. Hey, did you realize that you could get the secret weapon that every investor needs right now to start changing your financial future for free? Yeah, that's right. Just head on over to triplestockprofits.com and download your free Triple Stock Profit System ebook today. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell, who is content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit timandstocktrader.com slash legal. Thanks for stopping by.